Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Presented by Farhan bin Rafi' Ahmed. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Inna alhamdulillah nahmaduhu wa nasta'inu wa nasta'ghfiruhu wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina min sayyati amalina man yahdihi illa falamudillalah wa man yudlil falan tajida lahu waliyan murshida wa ashadu an la ilaha illa Allah al-ahadu al-qahhar wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون. Indeed, all praise and thanks belongs to Allah Tabarak wa Taala alone. We seek His help, His assistance, and guidance in all things. He whom Allah Tabarak wa Taala guides, there is none that can misguide Him, and He whom Allah Tabarak wa Taala leads astray, there is none that can guide Him except through the will and permission of Allah Tabarak wa Taala alone. And I bear witness and testify that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah. And that Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Abdul Muttalib al-Hashmi al-Qurashi was the final prophet and messenger sent to all of mankind. O you who believe, fear Allah. Fear Allah as he deserves to be feared. And do not die except in a state of Islam. Do not die except that you are Muslims. Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yassir li amri wahlul uqtatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Alhamdulillah, this is lesson 30 in our reading of a tafsir. And today we will take two verses bi idnillahi tabaraka wa ta'ala. Verses 17 and 18 of Surah Al-Baqarah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, مَثَلُهُمْ كَمَثَلِ الَّذِي اسْتَوْقَدَ نَارًا فَلَمَّا أَضَاءَتْ مَا حَوْلَهُ فَلَمَّا أَضَاءَتْ مَا حَوْلَهُ ذَهَبَ اللَّهُ بِنُورِهِمْ وَتَرَكَهُمْ فِي ظُلُمَاتٍ لَا يُبْصِرُونَ their example is that of someone who kindles a fire, but when it lights up all around them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes away their light, leaving them in complete darkness, unable to see. They are deaf, mute, and blind, and they will not return. In these verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gives us the first mathal of the Qur'an. The mathal of the Qur'an is commonly translated as the paragons of the Qur'an. The paragons of the Qur'an. And they are يعني, examples that are clear to the human intellect to comprehend and ponder over in order to understand the message Fully. Now they are examples given to us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah who died in the year 728 after the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says that several parables and paragons and examples have been used in the Qur'an which cannot be comprehended except by those who have knowledge. So it is important that we return to those who had the greatest understanding of the Qur'an to ensure that our understanding of the Qur'an and the understanding of these examples are correct so that we are guided by its meanings. So the word paragon is used for an example that is given. It's a rhetorical device in language. Now some people call these amthal, these methals, as parables. So why do we say the word paragon instead of parable? Because generally in the definition even in English, the word parable 
usually is associated with one, the Bible, and two, has an understanding that the actual examples are somewhat fictitious. Are somewhat fictitious some of the time. Therefore, it is Allahu Alam more befitting to say paragon, but even that has some sort of deficiency in it. So the best way to call it is a mathal, what is used in the t- text in the Arabic. Amthal, the amthal of the Quran or the examples that are given in the Quran and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Over here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he begins this verse by stating mathaluhum, their example. Mathaluhum, who is the they, the their example? Who is that? Who is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talking about in this verse? It is connected to the previous verse, those munafiqeen who exchanged faith for misguidance. Those munafiqeen who exchanged faith for misguidance. So Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah who died in the year 671, he says that this is based, and this is يعني, the statement that he mentions, is based off traditions of Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma and a statement of Qatada rahimahullah. And he says the meaning of this verse and he gives a summary of it. He says Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strikes an example regarding the hypocrites. Regarding the hypocrites. In this example, it is like when they show and make apparent of Islam. So in the example, these munafiqeen, these hypocrites, they show and make apparent their Islam, which allows them to be able to receive the rights of Islam. The rights of Islam from women, for instance, being able to marry Muslim women. If it's a kafir, clear-cut kufr, he cannot marry a Muslim woman. So, this is one of the things that they are able to do. Another thing that they are able to do is inheritance. Being able to inherit from a Muslim. Another thing that they are able to do is take part in the ghanimah, the spoils of war. The, the wealth that is gained and acquired through jihad in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also the safety and security over themselves their families, and their wealth. These are the things that they benefit from by showing Islam. Because if it was considered that they were kuffar, they wouldn't get all of these benefits. So, this is like what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Imam al-Qurtubi rahimahullah continues and says, this is like what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes as the person, as the example of a person who lit a flame in the dark night. He lit the flame, a flame in the dark night. And so he became enlightened by its light. So when you light a fire in darkness, the light it spreads. And you gain benefit from this fire, from the light that it carries. So with this light, he was able to see that which was harmful. He was able to see that which was harmful. That which he needed to avoid in the darkness. Because he was where? Initially, he was in darkness. And then he lit a flame. And then everything became apparent. That which was hidden away when he was in darkness previously. Right? So when you light a flame in the darkness, right, you're now able to see the possible threats that were there previously that you didn't know. So that which he needed to avoid in the darkness became apparent to him also. But when the light itself was put out, when the light itself was put out, 
then harm was brought upon him. Then harm was brought upon him. And he was in a state of loss and confusion. And this is the same as the hypocrite. Over here, Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah is saying that the example that is in this Quran, in this verse here, is like the hypocrite. Why? Is because when he was lighting this fire, he benefited from the fire. He benefited from the light of the fire amongst the darkness. And then after the light was put out, he was left to his original state in complete darkness and was unable to see that which was harmful in front of him. Now, Qatada, rahimahullah, he mentions that this removal of light is that which happens after death. That which happens after death. And he says that this was because their faith was not solidified in their hearts, nor was it apparent in their actions. So over here, the reason that the light was removed from them and that they were left in darkness in the hereafter, after death, then this was because they did not really have any iman, these hypocrites. They did not really have any iman. Nor was the iman shown in their actions. Nor was it shown in their actions. Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he continues and he says, this is the same as the hypocrite. When they believed, they took advantage and deceived through the word of Islam. When they said, Amanna, they had material benefit also. When they said, we believe, and when they said, La ilaha illallah, they gained a lot of benefit in this world. There was a lot of benefit, there was a lot of pros for them to become Muslim, ظاهراً, يعني, making apparent. But after they die, then they will go into the painful punishment. It has also been said, Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he gives an alternate approach to this verse. And he says that the munafiqeen, when they would come and approach the believers, when the munafiqeen, they would come and approach the Muslims, they would come and speak with them. This itself was the flame that they lit. When they came to the Muslims and they were speaking to them, this itself was the flame that they lit. And when they left and dispersed from being good to the believers and they turned away from them, this is like the loss of the light. So when they were with the believers, they had the light as if they lit a fire. But when they left, then the light was removed because they left the way of the believers themselves. Imam Tabari rahimahullah who died in the year 310 after the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he narrates an athar from Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu. And he says, what some of the companions have stated, and most of it we have taken, but he ends his statement with something that is clear. He says, as for the light that is mentioned in the verse, then it is the iman in what Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam brought. The light that is mentioned, that they received, was the Iman in what Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam in that which he brought. And as for the darkness, then it was their hypocrisy. It was their nifaq. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma, he states the reason for the revelation of the verse itself. And he says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strikes an example regarding the hypocrites. Strikes an example regarding the hypocrites. And he says that the nur, the light, 
is that the iman that they had, they would speak with, that the iman is the iman that they had, that they would speak with. And as for the darkness itself, it was the misguidance and the disbelief that they would speak with when they weren't with the believers, yani. And they, the hypocrites, are a people who were upon truth. Who were upon truth, then they were blinded after it. Then they were blinded after it. After what? After it was removed from them. And this was mentioned by Imam Al-Tabari, rahimahullah. Fi la And they were left in darkness and they could not see. Over here, Imam Tabari, rahimahullah, he says, they will be resurrected. And the meaning of what he was mentioning over here is that they will be resurrected and they will actually be given some nur on that day. They will actually be given some light on the day of resurrection, these munafiqeen. However, it is as if they will think they have fooled Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because they got away with it. They're getting the same light as the believers. So over here, it is as if to them, they fooled Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will snatch away their light. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove the light that was given to who? The hypocrites on that day. And they will be left in darkness. في ظلمات, in darkness on the day of judgment. Ibn al-Jawzi, rahimahullah, who died in the year 597 after the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he summarizes the previous points and he says that there are four separate opinions regarding the darkness that is mentioned in this verse. The first opinion is fi ظلماتin, that they will be in darkness. The first opinion, he says, is that they will be left in punishment. They will be left in adab. And this is the position of Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma. So the first opinion of what that they will be left in darkness after this light is extinguished is that they will have punishment. And this is the position of who? Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma. The second opinion is the opinion of Imam Mujahid rahimahullah. And it is that they will be left in the darkness fi dhulumat of what? Of their kufr, of their disbelief. The second opinion is the darkness of disbelief. That they will be left in the darkness of the disbelief. Now the third opinion, who is the second opinion of? Imam Mujahid rahimahullah. Now the third opinion is the opinion of Imam Qatada rahimahullah. And he says that darkness will be cast upon them after death. Darkness will be cast upon them after death. Which means that from the moment of death, from when they enter the grave, it will be darkness that they will be left in. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for His protection, Ya Rabb. That darkness will surround them from every angle after they perish, after they die. And the fourth position is the position of Imam al-Suddi, rahimahullah. And he says that the hypocrisy itself is the darkness. Fi dhulumat, that they will be in levels of darkness. And that is the hypocrisy itself is that darkness. Now Imam Al-Qurtubi, rahimahullah, he talks about the words that are used in this verse. And he says, Al-Mathalu, Wal-Mithlu, Wal-Mathilu. All of these three words, all of them have the same meaning in the Arabic language. Al-Mithlu, Wal-Mathalu, 
والمثيل Three Arabic words and he says all of them They have the same meaning in the Arabic language Which is الشبهو Which is الشبهو Which means the resemblance Which means the resemblance Now something that is important Linguistically And this is mentioned in pretty much every tafsir Allahu alam يعني from tafsir Tabari and Qurtubi and Nikathir and يعني those other than them is that linguistically Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says مَثَلُهُمْ كَمَثَلِ الَّذِي right their example is like the one person the one someone who kindles a fire right their example is like one person someone who kindles a fire but when it lights all around them then it goes from from being a singular and then it goes to becoming a plural so it was talking about one person initially and then it went to a pluralized form so the word alladhi that is initially used which means the one the mufassirin they all say most of them say afwan there's difference of opinion of why this is the case but most of them say or mention the position that it can be used to describe one person but can also be used to describe a group so it could also take on the meaning of a group and this has been predominantly mentioned by Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah and others so it has been mentioned over here that their example is like of those not just the one of those right so it's a group who kindles a fire and when it lights up so over here just the fact that يعني, the word that was used initially was a singular word however it can carry the meaning of a plural it can carry the meaning of a plural however another tafsir that has also been mentioned by Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah <coughs> uh, and he says that it has also been said that the singular was used to describe the one who lit the fire that the singular was used to describe who lit the fire because the entire group did not light the fire only one person lit the fire so it was just one person not the entire group that lit the fire and when the fire was lit the light surrounded them all the light surrounded them all and this was also mentioned by Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah as for verse 18 summun bukmun umyun fahum la yarji'un they are deaf Sometimes it gets translated to dumb, but the more accurate uh, يعني, uh, translation would be mute. And blind, so they return not. So they return not. Al Asammu is someone who cannot hear, someone who doesn't have the ability to hear. Al Abkam Al Abkamu is someone who cannot speak. Nor can he understand. This is why sometimes people say dumb, right? Because he can't understand. But predominantly, it is someone who cannot speak, nor can he understand. And if he understands, then he cannot speak. Then he can not speak. That he is a mute. He is a mute. And al-ama is the blindness. That someone does not have the ability to see. Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he mentions that Qatada rahimahullah, 
he says that they are deaf to the truth and that they are mute in speaking the truth and they are blind in seeing the truth. So over here it doesn't mean that if there is a munafiq, that he will automatically be deaf, mute and blind. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not take away his senses. He's still able to see. He's still able to talk. He's still able to hear. However, they are deaf, dumb and blind or deaf, mute and blind when it comes to the religion, when it comes to the truth, when it comes to the matters of understanding. So this is what is meant by they are deaf when it comes to hearing the truth, they are blind when it comes to seeing the truth, and they are mute when it comes to speaking the truth. So don't just expect, yani, if you see a munafiq, or if you know of a munafiq or something, that yani, you're expecting them to lose their senses. Now, فَهُمْ لَا يَرْجِعُونَ And they will not return. Imam Al-Qurtubi, rahimahullah, he states that they will not return to the truth itself. They will not return to the truth itself. And this is from the infinite knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he knows where everyone will end up. That they will not return to Islam. They won't return to Al-Haq, to the truth. Now Imam Al-Tabari, rahimahullah, he says that this, this verse here is, فَهُمْ لَا يَرْجِعُونَ is for the case that they will not return. Is for the case of the one who what? Who is this for? Who is this relating to? The hypocrites who did what? They purchased misguidance, right? Instead of, and they gave up what? Guidance. So this is regarding those who purchase misguidance by giving up guidance. Those who have this characteristic will not leave their misguidance. Anyone who has this characteristic of giving up guidance, selling the truth. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection, Ya Rabb. They will not leave their misguidance. Now, it has also been mentioned by some of the ulama that this is the case for as long as they choose the misguidance over the guidance. And if they leave their actions, then if they leave their actions of misguidance, then they are still able to return. That they are still able to return. So the door of repentance is still open for these people. The door of repentance is still open for these people. Because in this dunya, this dunya is the, the testing trials, the testing place where people are trialed for their actions. This is the testing ground where people are tested. So over here, no one has a complete finalized seal on them until they die. Until they, until they perish. Anyone who is still alive has the ability to come back to Islam. Has the ability to turn away from kufr. Has the ability to turn away, turn away from even shirk. Yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says that Allah does not forgive shirk, but He forgives everything other than that. And the scholars have stated that this is for who? Huh? For the, yani in the akhirah. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if anyone comes with an element of shirk in there, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not forgive this shirk. He will not forgive this shirk. But as for anything else, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive Whoever he wants, however he wants, whenever he wants, on the day of judgment. 
As for this world, if we look at the example of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, majority or most of the people around him were previously what? Mushrikeen. They were committing the highest form of a crime, which is the greatest crime in Islam, which is to associate partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not close the door of tawbah on them just because they were mushrikeen. So over here, something that is important to note is that if someone has these characteristics of nifaq, and let's just say they are a complete munafiq, it does not mean that they can never return to Islam. It means that for as long as they are a munafiq, for as long as that they are a hypocrite, they will not achieve anything that is good. They will not come back to the truth. They will not come back to Islam as long as they stay on that methodology. However, if someone leaves and abandons that methodology, if someone abandons the way of nifaq and abandons the way of hypocrisy, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will still open the doors of tawbah for them. However, some of the scholars have stated that this is extremely dangerous, right? That having the characteristics of nifaq is extremely dangerous. Dangerous. Why? Is because you don't know what act of hypocrisy you commit that will close the door of tawfiq on you. The door of tawfiq, what is it? What's tawfiq? What's tawfiq? Ability given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gives the ability. Everything that you do is given to you by the ability of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You are able to do so because He is giving you the ability itself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you haven't done anything without the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that is the meaning of لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله There's no might, no power except through the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except through the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala You coming to this masjid today wasn't through your own effort and wasn't through your own ability in that sense Allah gave you the permission and gave you the ability to come here Right? Because so many people, what's the difference between someone who comes to the masjid and someone who doesn't? What's the choices that they have in front of them? They still have a car, they still have legs, they still have the ability, they still can breathe, they still can do everything. What happened? How did you get chosen? What did you do extra? Is Allah allowed you to come here? And this is in either an evidence for you or against you, just as any other deed that you'd perform in your life. So all of these things is tawfiq from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's ability that is granted to you by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you turn away from this tawfiq, if you turn away from this door of ability that Allah gives you, then you don't know that when your heart will be completely sealed. You don't know when the seal of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will come upon your heart. The ran that is placed upon a heart, which is a covering as a scholar's state, is built upon what? Right? But rather it is a covering on their hearts Now this cover that covers the hearts And it is something that doesn't allow truth to penetrate You can't see, it's a blindness of the heart How is this caused? Is it just randomly you wake up one day And khalas, you've got ran on you Right? You're unable to see the truth Like for instance, last night you prayed Qiyamul Layl, Tahajjud you prayed Fajr in the masjid under the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then you come to the masjid, you leave, you do your adhkar and then you leave. And then you go home and you sleep. Right? 
And then you have to wake up in that foot, like we know, that half an hour, one hour, that power nap, that, that cracker nap. After, no? Okay. Anyways, so then you wake up, all right, after that hour of sleep. One hour. What, you think automatically there's going to be ran, a covering on your heart? For no reason whatsoever? Is, is this what we think is the actual covering on the heart? No. It, it comes from a reason. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, that the heart, when someone performs a sin, what happens? The heart carries a black dot. One black spot. And if a person persists on sin, then that black dot becomes another black dot. And another black dot. Which eventually covers the heart. Which eventually covers the heart. Now when the heart is covered, then it is enclosed after a point of sin, which there is no return from it. There's no return from it. And then the tawfiq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could be removed from you. You could be misguided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at that point where he closes the door on you. But it was your choice. You don't know what sin crossed you over that line. Where khalas, you don't care anymore. And this is the scariest part. Where someone was multazim, right? And he was upright, holding on firm to his faith. And what happened was, he started a sin. A sin. And then another sin. And then another sin. You don't know what type of slippery slope can happen after that. First it was just something private. Then it became something in money. Then it became something in food. Then it became something in... And then the sins continue. When the sins continue, then what happens is that potentially there's a point that comes of no return. And you don't know when that happens. You don't know what caused that for you, which sin it is. So some people, يعني, I received this question one time, is if we know that Allah forgives everything, and we're eventually going to come out of Jahannam if we go to Jahannam, right, as the Muslim, right, then what's the harm in sin? What's the harm in sin? Why do we go through all this drama, all through all these problems, all through this hardship in avoiding sin? Is because you don't know what sin will cause you to enter into a place of no return with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You don't know what sin it is that causes you to potentially even leave the fold of Islam. Because sin is something like the ulama have mentioned, a fire. And what does fire do? It envelops everything that's around it. It burns away everything that is there. So one small ember can cause a massive fire. So my brothers and sisters, with these issues, we have to ensure that our hearts are maintained. And the only way to maintain your heart is to try to avoid sin. And if you sin, then you need to come back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala immediately with tawbah. Immediately with tawbah and proper tawbah. Because that is the only way that the heart can be maintained. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection. Barakallahu feekum. Wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. From now on in insha'Allah, the verses are going to increase. But the points that we take from the different books will become a little bit lessened. So we get more verses in insha'Allah. Today was two verses. So hopefully we get to do more than two next time. So slowly, I want to get to a level where we're doing maybe five, six verses per lesson, insha'Allah, even if we go a little bit longer. So hopefully we start, يعني, now that we finished one full page of Baqarah, now we can start slowly taking a bigger course load, insha'Allah. And insha'Allah from next week, uh, lesson 31, we'll take the next example which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives, the next paragon that he gives,
which is regarding the munafiqeen also, but that relates to water. And then some comments by Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah regarding the uh, examples, that are, examples that are given between fire and water and how that yani, is uh, important in the life of a believer.